are listening to the Almost Good Podcast with J. David Osborne and David James Keaton Podcast, where we talk about movies that don't quite make the cut. Alright, we're, uh, we're here to talk strictly, this is strictly the Black Panther Podcast from now on. <laughs> well, it's uh, it's Black Panther Florida Project, right? Oh yeah, that's right, the Florida Project as well. Well, Dave, what would so you it, like to talk it, about first? <laughs> well, I don't know if we were, we would pit them against each other. It'd be kind of funny, like uh, in this corner, weighing one billion dollars, Black <laughs> Panther, and and over in this corner, made for nine ninety nine, the Florida Project. Right, right, right. Hey, that film had to be. They shot that on thirty five millimeter, right? Oh yeah, it was beautiful, dude. That's great. I, I thought he was gonna, you know, with his last experiment on with Tangerine, he filmed on his phone. I thought he's gonna film this one with a fucking earbud or something, but it looked beautiful. Yeah, it, I thought that Tangerine also looked pretty good, but it at the same time it kind of had that weird Instagram washed out look of like a like a lit music video, you know, from like the, yeah. like the late nineties. What oh. are those? Dude, I know Lit. I've got, I might have quite a few Lit albums. (laughs) Did I ever tell you I was listening to Lit a lot when I was an undergrad? And uh, a friend of mine, Monica, friend later, not at that moment, she was, she's like, oh, this dude seems cool. I wonder what he's listening to. And she thought I was going to say something cool like Nick Cave or something dark. Like, just listen to the new Lit album. (laughs) She didn't talk to me like the rest of that semester. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that's kind of been the story of my life. Recently on Facebook, <laughs> I uh, I had the audacity to say that I was craving Chick-fil-A. And, oh, jeez. Uh, it really upset people. They were like, that company is homophobic. Because... Um, but we case, know that. Who, in, are the, who are they talking to? We right, know this. Right. In case you're not aware, though, Dave, uh, we live in an age where corporations have to be our friends. And uh, well, they are people. They voted their people. So movies also have to be our friends. So (laughs) it gets a little tricky. It's it's kind of hard to figure it out. But you know, I mean, everybody who who told me that I was a terrible person on that post did so on a phone that was, um, you know, made by slaves, uh, (laughs) on a platform that was uh, is basically it's basically Big Brother. It's designed to harvest your information, Um, but. You know, whatever. It's cool. Like, it's totally. Was it fun. made? Was was your phone made in the imperialist uh, state of Wakanda? <laughs> <laughs> I had this idea for like a guy, a guy who's like really racist, but he he has having trouble because he actually likes Black Panther. So if, if he'd be like, "Well, I don't know. I mean, they don't like immigrants. They uh, they keep to themselves. They all have their weaponry. But there's just something about this movie that didn't click for me. I got. I can't, I can't put my, can't put my finger on what exactly it is. I mean, I like everything about Wakanda except. Ugh, I don't know. I just can't. I can't put my what, finger what, on. What is it? I yeah, I can solve that one. That's hilarious, dude. Yeah, that's. Yeah. I don't. I don't have that problem. I have a, a similar problem recently where I just want to tell people, I'm. I'm not being racist when I say that. I'm just a cynic. You know what I mean? Like what do you mean? cynicism equating racism is. Uh, is a new struggle for for this white person. I don't oh, know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. No, it's hard, yeah. It's hard to explain with, with, without sounding like a racist. 
Well, but if it's I, also, if I I'm think... cynical about a mo- I can be cynical about a product mm-hmm. and not and not be racist, but uh, maybe I can't. I don't know. We're going to well, discuss all those things today. It's, it's tough. I mean, it really is tough because, you know, I got I got into a really really deep um, existential hole over this. To be honest with you, because I I realized <laughs> that, yeah yeah I did because <laughs> what it told me, dude, is that there's no way out. Like there's literally no way out. And what I mean by that is there's no way out of this current uh, system that we live in because progress to people looks like the shiniest product, you know? And I realize that people are no longer trying to dismantle these systems. They're just trying to be a part of them as much as possible. And I don't, I'm not, I want to be clear here that I'm not saying that it's black people's obligation to fight the system or anything like that. But if you look at it from a perspective of, you know, you have this group that has been historically oppressed and shit upon, essentially, and now we're making progress and and you have Sean King saying that this is as important as uh, Rosa Parks sitting on that bus. Right, yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. That was actually, that was civil disobedience and that was fighting a system. This is becoming a part of the system. Does that make sense? So it just seemed to me like no, I, now, no, there's, dude, I now there's no way out, dude. There's no way out. I hear what you're saying. I mean, it's a, they, it was a genius move. They made, they're making people feel good about watching a movie. Mm-hmm. So that, that's a genius marketing move, right? If you feel like you've accomplished something. I mean, it, it's easier with movies that, that sort of telegraph that sort of importance, but it's tough for a superhero movie, which are mostly terrible. Mm -hmm. These movies are mostly terrible. So they know this. So they said we, to crack the code, you got to, we're going to make people feel good about it. We're going to make people feel obligated to watch it. And like, here's the thing though. I like it when movies make me feel bad. So I'm already fucked because I don't want, I don't want to be inspired by movies. And I know that's just me. And I know that that's, and and to be clear, like you said earlier, we're, we're making fun of well-meaning white people today, right? That's our loophole. Yes. We, I, if our fellow whites, like Sean King, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, (laughs) I got spiked right at the right at the fucking volleyball net. You spiked that yeah, right did, back, yeah. dude. Right. Okay, yeah. I mean, there when somebody when a white person inflates the quality of a film, and which ensures they don't have to make anything any better than say Black Panther. It's like the Hunger Games all over again. I know it seems like a bizarre comparison, but the Hunger Games was that was a fucking guaranteed blockbuster, right? The books were so popular that when the movie adaptations came out, everybody knew they were going to be a huge hit. Those movies look like cheap as shit VOD productions. No, I mean, nobody could ever convince me otherwise. That is, have you seen a Hunger Games movie? Uh, I missed that one, Dave. They're fucking terrible. But here's the thing. Why didn't they put money into those? And I started to realize that that's why Black Panther looks cheap. They don't need to. Mm. They... I thought at first, like, uh, well, they, they don't want to take it. They're taking a chance. You know, they're, t- they're not taking any chances. And that's that risk factor when you're talking about Rosa Parks. Like, there was no risk being taken with Black Panther. So, if anything, the risk was let's 
we don't, this is a guaranteed slam dunk. So let's, uh, we don't need to spend that much money on it. And that's what happened with, with the hunger games. That's why those movies look terrible when it should have been. If you knew a movie was going to be, if you guaranteed you got your money back as somebody making a movie, wouldn't you put a truckload of money into it so that you could make the best movie possible? We don't live in that world. Mm -hmm. So that's why in black Panther looks cheap. It's cheap to me, dude. I, I don't know about you, but I thought, I went in rooting for it, man. I thought it was going to look, at least it's going to look beautiful. And it does for a second. Yeah. But what looks bad in that movie is inexcusable at this point. Those, those effects that plateaued and there's, it just looks like fucking shit, dude. It looks like Power Rangers. No, Power Rangers were real people. It's not even That's as good thing. as Power Rangers. That's the thing. It's like, at this point, if you watch a movie, um, you know, like a Hong Kong action flick, or even uh, Korea has some great action choreography. It's why not take that entire right. fucking computer budget and hire one of these guys to come exactly. over here, exactly, and dude. Give us a big. You know what these movies really lack, and I think the only movie I've seen in the Marvel universe that really satisfied my action scene uh, craving. Dude, if you, are you going to say the elevator in that Captain America movie? Because yes. that's the only time. That's yes. the only time. That's it. That's what I was going to say. It's, and the thing is, dude, that's what's. That's why these movies. That's one of the reasons why these movies suck balls so bad. Is that the the ending fight between the Black Panther and Killmonger? That should have just been a ten minute brawl in that beautiful purple cavern that they were in with the. With I the couldn't trains. believe it. I couldn't believe they took them to a. They, they took you, them you straight have, into into the hard drive. You have, drive. Mono, you they, have just a mono e mono like they did on the. Them. What's that? No, I. I was going to say, you watched them literally fall into the hard drive and vanish yeah, for yeah. their fight. Yeah, and then, and then you know, you're cutting between all these other battles going on that, frankly, who... I mean, I threw my hands up when the computer-generated rhinos showed up, and the, and the dude from Get Out is, like, on, on the rhino, you know? Uh, that is the dude from Get Out, right? The, the ending... Here's the thing, dude. The ending is salvageable. And at the end of this podcast, I'll tell you how I can fix Black Panther. Oh, shit. I got to get the theme music ready. (laughs) (laughs) But you see what I I mean? If you just just put them to like, okay, I'm a big fan of the hero and the villain beating the shit out of each other across multiple locales. So yes, fighting they, twice, fighting yeah. twice is very important. They, yeah. and they did that. You can tell this guy is a, uh, he's a Rocky fan. I mean, he did, he did the movie Creed. He did a Rocky movie. So he knows everybody thinks of the, the strategy of Rocky three when he, he fights clubber Lang and he beats the shit out of him. And he, he sort of shit and that he beats him so bad that it's like, oh my God, he'll never come back for it. That moment on the cliff when he does that, when Killmonger does that to Black Panther, I love that scene because I'm I'm set up for it. You know, I'm like, that was, they took the shirts off. They took those stupid outfits off and I saw two people hitting each other. Yeah. And I thought when they, when they fight a second time, I thought, like you said, it's going to be the brawl of all time. Back, Go back to the cliff. The sun's out. You know, those dudes are fucking ripped. And instead, they put on a CGI uh, fucking banana peel and go, whoops, right down to the hard drive. I remember. And it means nothing. It means I nothing. I remember the first time that I saw Blade 2, which I think is a pretty good movie, actually. But I remember the first time I watched Blade 2, and it was kind of revolutionary because there was that scene early on where uh, Wesley Snipes is fighting. In front of the lights. Right? Exactly. Where And yeah. I remember 
being in the theater, I think I was probably 16 or 17, and uh, I was like, that looks like the biggest pile of dog shit that I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> exactly. But I was I was so off the cultural mark because people my age who are now in charge of these movies probably saw that and they were like, that looks, they, it's, I've always wanted to see two Gumbies just go at it. You know what I mean? Just some <laughs> exactly. bendy ass bitches just fucking sword fighting. And it's like, dude, it's not... It's not hard. And again, I can point to any number. Like, I mean, Hong Kong is just pumping these things out. And the fight choreography is amazing and has always been amazing. So it's like, just bring them over here. Just, you can do, you can have a good fight. I mean, Michael B. Jordan is in the gym two or three times a day just to get I know, no shit, dude. I'm doing doing a workout based on Creed in my backyard. So I want to see him punch things quickly and efficiently. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And then when you put a, you just put a a fucking, uh, you draw over him with a computer crayon and he just starts dancing around that fucking dance fighting. I hate, superhero dance fighting they're kicking it could have been they're so fucking and brutal like they could have just been happening. they well they're they both drank the thing so that they didn't have the wait the last fight did they have the powers or did they not you're, have ta- the... you're talking about one of the issues with that that i had with that movie as yeah. far as i had no real idea what was happening as far as the powers going in and coming out mm-hmm. there was a very simple Kalua, problem stop your asshole Sorry, my dog's in the room. <laughs> okay, I'll I'll stop too. But there's a real simple, a real simple problem with that beginning with the when he eats the leaf for the first time or doesn't or drinks the thing, whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. They uh, when he fights the big dude at the beginning, he comes out to the cliff and they say um, they give him the, the stuff and they're like, you now have the power of the Black Panther. Correct me if the, this doesn't doesn't happen. Then the guy comes out. And he's, he's like, you got any challenges today? And they kind of laugh it off like, huh, nobody ever challenges him for mm-hmm. the throne. Mm-hmm. And then here comes Big here comes big Dude. And he says, uh, if it's Rocky Three, I guess that would be the uh, Hulk Hogan <laughs> comes out. <laughs> he's like, I, I challenge him. And uh, so they take away his powers, right? Then he drinks right. it to take it away. So, and then he goes, and then he drinks it again, and then he's back in the sand and he sees his dad. It's like, why the fuck did you have, why not just have him come out and do the challenge and then you drink it after the challenge? Because at that, by, by doing it three times there, I was baffled at what, who had it when later because I thought, wait, he drank it, then he ate, and then he fought, and then he did drink it a second time because then you're, you've already ruined the moment when you take his powers away. And that is a key, a key moment. That's a moment that everybody, keep saying spider-man 2 is the best uh superhero movie because he loses powers and that's you know people connect with him more Mm -hmm. Um, the first time you see him lose his powers is when he fights killmonger Mm -hmm. that is a bigger cliff they're like we're taking it away and you're like oh shit you i didn't even know you could do that but they've already fucked that up because we saw him do it when it meant nothing we saw him take his powers away when it was just this fight and so at that point i'm like wait he needs it he doesn't need it I don't know. And then at the end, they both have it taken away. And I'm like, fuck the leaves. All they're going to do is dance anyway. They're not really, his powers are so intangible. What does he do? Dumps, punches. I don't know. You know what I'm saying? All right. Yeah. Unfortunately, I think my office just has better signal. So yeah, I, I honestly, I can't, I think that Black Panther's uh, powers are making a whole lot of money. <laughs> I think that well see the problem is is that he's kind of he's supposed to be like a Tony Stark figure, right? 
He's a king. He's got all this money. He's got all this technology. But the problem is, is that Black Panther himself is just kind of like this cipher. And I just, I didn't ever want to um, kind of be the Black Panther. I thought that Killmonger was cooler. So, so I think that that's a real problem. Yeah. Yeah, he his introduction was great in that museum. Mm-hmm. Um, I <laughs> this was an embarrassing admission. I was really into the white guy. Yeah, <laughs> the, the the little one eye, the one armed guy. Yeah. Um, I don't know if it's my love for uh, Deant word, <laughs> but he had that, you know, he had that Johannesburg, uh, you know, trashiness going on, mm-hmm. and I I just kind of dig that shit, and I. And he was engaging. Like Killmonger for a minute was was cool. They, I could have used a lot more of him, you know. Mm-hmm. But the that that gnarly little white guy, they they kind of set him up. Like it seems like there was a conscious effort to make him a bit of the a bit of the wannabe, right? He had the gold tooth. Mm-hmm. He had the tattoos. He's hang he's hanging with the gang he shouldn't be hanging with. You know what right, I mean? Right. Kind of like the movie White Boys. It's like he shouldn't be there. And and that's that's kind of endearing. Like you know he's doomed. And um and I think it's uh this is something I'll talk about later in the in the script doctor segment. There's something else to do with him that um that would have I think would have sold it. But as far as Killmonger, yeah, dude, that kid's good. I mean, that guy's good and shit. They did when he um there was a moment you talked about when you first saw it. You said there was a moment that you could tell that the screenwriters had made a choice and that it fucked up that villain. Um, Remind me what that was. Oh, okay. So uh, up to a certain point, and, you know, he does villainish things like, you know, they kill the security guards in that museum and he poisons that lady. So, you know, I get all that. But that can be kind of water under the bridge in a Mission Impossible type sense, you know, where it was a necessary casualty. Mm -hmm. But... There's a point where he finally becomes uh, the king of Wakanda by uh, beating the Black Panther's ass. And he's in the, um, I don't know, the little, what, what would you call that? The little underground terrarium with the with all the well, purple the, stuff? Yeah, the, yeah, I have no fucking clue because I didn't know where they were at any given time in that city. But yeah, where, where the plants were. Right. And so he says, burn all these plants, which again, I'm still on board. You know, because that's just smart. You know, you don't want anybody like they have this system where anybody can fucking take over. No, fuck that noise. Um, And then the woman goes, but so we can't do that. And he grabs her by the throat and he said, I said to destroy the plants, bitch. And he says, bitch, very, very, you know, clearly. And that's the scene, I think, where the suits came in and they were like, can we make him a little bit more bad? Because at this point, he's got an ideology that right. makes a whole lot of sense. And he's doing, well, right, the he's guy, also there's... got a backstory that gives him a motive that you're kind of there for. I mean, they killed his father pretty, not in front of him, but, you know, he had to pick up the pieces. So he's on oh, this definitely. revenge quest. I mean, if, if it was from his point of view, it's kind of, uh, you know, that promised uh, third Kill Bill movie where the little girl goes after Uma Thurman. Right. You know, it's sure. one of those things where, and and Tarantino is is really good at handling the um, subtleties of you know revenge and you know how it can become this kind of tangled web. <laughs> uh, he's also apparently knows the subtleties of 
when to, you know, not report a known rapist. Um, <laughs> I like that. I like that you're using Tarantino and subtle in the same sense. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I'll, I'll stand by that. I think that in his scripts, I think he he knows nuance. Subtle might be the wrong word, but he knows the nuance of that. I mean, Kill Bill's still one of the best revenge films ever made, in, in my opinion. But anyway, uh, yeah. so you have Killmonger. You have this guy, this villain who's perfect, and he's perfect because he's almost a good guy. He's a competing ideology and they don't let the ideologies compete, you know? Like, I feel like they should have let let the Black Panther and Killmonger hash that shit out and have that be a symbolic representation of the two different ideologies that they were bringing to the table. But instead, they had to be like, well, let's make sure that he chokes a woman and calls her a bitch because otherwise the, who, the audience might not know who to root for. And I hate that, I hate that assuming that I'm stupid, you know? Yeah, and I, I think you're absolutely right as far as uh, him being sympathetic, even not just on the, the level of um, avenging the death of his dad. Uh, his whole philosophy, of course, makes perfect sense. As soon as the movie started, I was they, – they played me like a fiddle because they show, they show Wakanda, and you know it's, it's all inspiring shot. It's kind of like the in Pittsburgh coming out of the Liberty Tunnels. Mm-hmm. You're like, damn – Look at that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know any, anything out here in Pennsylvania could look good. And then all of a sudden, um, all of a sudden, uh, you you start to consider it. And you're like, wait a minute. Um, they have been like this for a long time, and they're literally in a continent where people are fucking dying left and right. Right. Can you can you can you help a brother out? Right. Right. And. And I, I think I turned to Amy and I was like, wait, so they so they've been in hiding when they could have used them during a lot of civil rights shit. Yeah. And Amy's just like, you know, don't talk in the theater. But <laughs> what what she what she should have said is give the movie a couple seconds, because, of course, they've thought of that. Right. And they've thought of it with the villain, which is a genius move. The villain shows up and he says, we're not keeping this shit for ourselves. We're going nationwide we're we're gonna do some distribution of our badassery right Mm -hmm. so uh, a nationwide or not nationwide worldwide distribution of of the badassery of wakanda you're on board with you're like yes do that shit and then to make him overly sadistic and to kind of make that seem like it's more of a i don't know they they didn't know what to do with it and their their compensation was to have him form an outreach uh shelter in the basketball court it's like a that's eh, which that's is all the you're gonna do Wakanda? primo primo neoliberal move right there but i think <laughs> right, that the, exactly, yeah exactly. The, the question that they had to wrestle with with killmonger is the fact that he's essentially an imperialist you know and i do think that of course if this had been a tv show instead of a movie which it's just proof again that tv shows are the way to go if black panther had been a netflix show you could have really shown Killmonger going from somebody who had this good faith effort to liberate the black people of the world and slowly becoming corrupted by the absolute right. power that he wields. Oh, you know. And I think that's exactly what it looked like on paper. And but we got the the cliff notes of it. And so he um that's why we have this memory of really liking that villain and that's why there's t-shirts everywhere Killmonger was right. It, it is right. He is right. And yeah. then but he, but he's still not a great villain. He's a. They've almost cracked the villain code with mm-hmm. Marvel. They've got terrible villains. The villain is sometimes they're fucking robots. Sometimes they're dudes and sitting on asteroid thrones. It's all terrible. But for for this this guy, we totally understood right mm-hmm. for a minute. 
for a minute. And then they said, eh, let's have him choose some scenery. And, and, well, they had they um, had James Spader in, in Age of Ultron. And I think it would have been cooler if, <laughs> if Ultron was not a robot, but was just James Spader's character from Crash. He was exactly. just like he just he's just a dude who really liked fucking like leg wounds, and, or, like, or like his character from Secretary or something. Because he always plays those weird, perverted, you know. Uh, exactly. And, and they didn't let him be a perv, and because a robot can't be a pervert, you know what I mean? Like, what would they, a they robot? The, he only he only had a little bit of sass. Yeah. Yeah. I still stand by. It. Now that's a great introduction of a villain. I mean. Even though he's he's the hero of Crash, that's how you should introduce a Marvel villain is the way they introduced James Spader in Crash, which is the first time you see him, his face comes up o- like over the horizon of a girl's ass. <laughs> They're like, uh, Miss, uh, Mr. Ballard to the set. He's like, oh, excuse me, and wipes his face off. <laughs> that's how you introduce a Marvel villain. You, do, you introduce a Marvel villain like that, and I will... Uh, what? Uh, what? What am I saying? They they're making a billion dollars. What am I fucking right, saying? Right. You don't need you don't need me to like it. Like that's the thing. We're this is the most unessential uh, podcast in history. Dave and Dave hashing out their feelings on Black Panther and how to fix it. Right. It's gonna make a billion dollars. We're we uh, we're just like standing in the way of this this force, and it's not even just making money, dude. Mm-hmm. Like it's make, what did it say today? I was reading this article about the profits are going to uh, fund uh, STEM centers for boys and girls. Mm. So not only do we we're rooting for it for all these reasons, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So are we? Gonna, that's I just feel like I'm not even supposed to talk about how it's a shitty movie. I can't, why would I? Right. It's gonna it's gonna it's gonna literally save lives, dude. Why do we think we can even talk about how bad it is? Well, I'll tell you why, Dave. I'll tell you why. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> because, oh, um... Thank Christ, I went right to the edge of the cliff. And I, if you would have said, well, we can't, I would have I quit. And we would have had no, to quit the podcast. No, 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 no. Because you oh, know what? Okay, so it, it, does, it does become really difficult because, like you said, it is this huge force, this big man, money-making force. What we say will turn absolutely no tide whatsoever. And uh, to boot, you know, our, our merry band of... Uh, artists quote unquote that we're all friends with just they jump on the first corporate dick that they can possibly get a hold of they're just like looking you know they're they're like indiana jones in that temple except instead of a weird screaming monkey head it's a big corporate dick and they're like kind of weighing out how much of their soul they're willing to snatch that dick off that thing um so well it's 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 three dicks which which three which three and they glow and they glow when their tips touch oh that's right okay yeah 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 uh (laughs) but uh but no i uh so basically we are in the minority of the minority of the minority here but here's what i'm gonna say the stem centers that's all great that's perfectly fine um that's also stuff that we could get if we stopped focusing on this fucked up capitalist system that we're in and actually tried to do some work we're a society who loves to do the bare minimum. We went to a fucking movie. Oh, I know. Good Jesus. for you. Oh my God. I can't, I get so mad about this shit because it's like, yes, that is a good thing. And yes, we should get behind that. But also, you know, good art has probably kept a lot of people from jumping off bridges. You know, how much good, and I guess, uh, I don't know, good is subjective. So, but my whole point is that, you know, I was really, really hoping with Trump and all these all this stuff that it would really cause people to become introspective about the entire system that we're 
involved in. And it has done the exact opposite where people have just right. sort of doubled down and said, you know what, I'm going to put my, um, I'm going to put my, my little dollar vote behind the black Panther. That's how we make real change. And, yeah, it's, and it is, it's truly the least you can do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like I, it's like, my I, Chick, it's like my Chick-fil-A problem. It's like going on my Facebook and telling me that I'm terrible for enjoying Chick-fil-A is the absolute least that you could do. It's like, oh, you're a fucking <laughs> revolutionary because you don't buy chicken from a certain place. Like that's amazing. That was I remember laughing when they when Chick Fil A turned that into uh, a protest um, for themselves. When they all those uh, the, they had those pictures of women coming from church holding up Chick Fil A bags, like "fuck you, gay people," mm-hmm. and all these people were proud of it. And I thought. Man, talk about a sucker. They somehow come up with a protest where you buy their shit to protest. Yeah. Unbelievable. So it, then, is this is this so much far removed from that, you know? It's not. But then again, this is I totally understand the idea of representation is important, you know, and that's all important. I'm talking about these white people that are spending a billion dollars on this movie so that they feel like they're a revolutionary. Mm-hmm. Like you you're kind of embarrassing you're kind of embarrassing like that that billion dollars is a lot of white people doing what they think they're doing for the sake of the world or something and of course not allowing any any discussion of the quality of the film yeah and yeah. it's it should be two, it should be two separate things it should be two separate things whether the movie's quality or not whether it's doing good i acknowledge the good it's doing i don't shit about that I mean, I do give a shit about it, but I don't give a shit about it in this conversation where we talk about what is wrong with that movie. Mm-hmm. How can we make a better one? You know. How, mm-hmm. But again, who cares what we say? Because what are they going to do? They're like, you know what? We want to make this a little edgier for Dave. Uh, we, <laughs> we only made eight hundred million already, so can right. we just we have it a little edgier? Can we have people come out of it a little confused and upset? That's what we want. Like, what are we even doing? Yeah, man. I don't know. I mean, I think that. Um... You know, it's, I don't know. I feel, I feel like I'm falling deeper and deeper down my existential hole because it's just, <laughs> I never should have asked these questions. That's the problem with me is I, I pace around the house talking about, you know, art as this zero sum game. And, mm-hmm. and, and my wife's like, you, you, that's, that's idiotic. Like why, like I'm, I'm pretending like I'm pitting Black Panther against Annihilation. Cause I was mm-hmm. telling her that I pulled up seating charts and I said, look, Annihilation is in one shoebox theater over oh, no, here, it the, and there's it one bombed, sad, dude. yeah, and and there's one one sad bastard bought a seat in the middle of the seating chart. I'm looking at Black Panther; it's in five theaters, and I'm like, so, and this is this is how what a hypocrite I am. I'm like, so we gotta let's go see it tonight. We'll go to the theater, and we'll at least you know contribute to good movies being in theaters. She's like, oh, so you're you want to show your support with a ticket? I'm like, yeah, I think so. She's like, oh. But you're you're mad at people for showing their support for Black Panther with the team. And I'm like, come on. <laughs> you know. Uh, she's got a point, right. man. When I'm she's right, she's hypocrite. right. <laughs> what does what does that one have to do with the other? Only you know, only idiots like us think it all they're all battling it out. But the what else, what else are we gonna do, right? We're here to talk yeah, about movies. Yeah. No, I think I think that it is I mean, it really is a shame that um you know, movies are disappearing, and it's not the Black Panther's fault. It's it's Marvel's fault. It's Disney's fault. You know, exactly. we we all decided that this was okay when this happened, 
And since they, man, they had their finger on the pulse of America, man. They had, they realized that it's all, hey, Kalua, shut the fuck up. Anyway, um, <laughs> she's, she's not, she doesn't agree with you. No, she doesn't she agree doesn't. with us. That dog, that dog makes a lot of sense. She's like, I love Black Panther, but no, but so it's, it's not Black Panther's fault. It's, and it's not Wonder Woman's fault when it was, you know, women's turn instead of black people. Right. It's, it's, it's the fault of these movies for making it seem like an obligation to give them a billion dollars. Yeah. Well, no, I mean, it's, it's also, I, I think I figured it out. Right. So nerds essentially inherited the earth. I think we can all agree that with that, right? They, they've ascent, they have the, they got to a certain point where they had the biggest spending power. And for a long time, everything was targeted at white males, age 18 through 34. And those males also grew up with uh, helicopter parents who told them that they could never do any wrong. So there are these man children who are walking around with a bunch of money to spend. And that kind of bled out into culture in general. And so eventually you kind of have like other demographics who are kind of on board because there's, you know, they want, they're seeing these really, really cool projects being made. And I think that what the, the world that nerds have given us now is the world of, you know, Marvel paying over a billion dollars to make the next Avengers movie. <laughs> right. And Annihilation right. making $11 million in its, in its one week before it goes to, overseas netflix it's a fucking nightmare dude it's just a nightmare yeah. that, that well, we're never I gonna look, wake up from this is our world now yeah well th- maybe we should talk ourselves off the fucking cliff because there's there's a lot of stuff i want to talk about about black panther like things i liked and things i didn't like but i think that we've ex- we we got that off our chest you know sure. so on a talking about on a scene by scene basis I, I i do have some stuff i want to talk to you about like um I getting past that, you know, I, I got suckered in by the the um, isolationist critique that was that was definitely there. I mean, that's a that's a impressive move that the Marvel movies seem like there's like maybe there's a committee of twenty guys and there's one smart guy in that room, and he got to he the fact that he got an isolationist critique into this movie about the responsibility of Wakanda towards say, you know, a, a some kids in Oakland. That's interesting. And how it slipped in, I don't know. Um, I don't even know what I'm trying to say. I guess I guess I was happy to see that kind of shit because it had lower stakes. Mm-hmm. But then, you know, I realized that when I crave a lower stakes movie, I don't I I always thought that, you know, that was gonna fix it. All the every move, all, all these uh, superhero movies, you know, it's apocalyptic, apocalyptic scenario. The fucking portals, you know, the sky, sky holes. Mm-hmm. It's all a big, it's all a big joke. So this one had relatively small stakes. At least it was, um, it was almost a family matter, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, I was talking to my stepbrother about what he thought of it, and he kind of, <laughs> he kind of turned me around again because he's like, yeah, it was pretty good. Um, I just when they were fighting over the throne, I thought, so what? Right. And I thought, shit, I didn't even for me. I thought, oh, yeah, at least this has some resonance with these few people and that makes it better. But he wanted Killmonger to be a, a clear worldwide threat. And um, they talked about it. So being a threat. Are, is what you're saying that we are once again way off base with what pretty much yes. everybody in the world wants? <laughs> Yeah, he wanted he wanted it to be he wanted it bigger. He thought, um, and you know, I should my my stepbrothers are have the 
the thumb on the pulse. Like my my other brother, he has been able to pinpoint what's going to be big in theaters just by whatever shitty movie he gives money to. He has he's not he's not burdened like us with like like we're we're fretting and pacing over these movies. He's like, huh? I think I'm going to go see Ghost Rider, and Ghost Rider's a hit. Like I'll what are you going to was see? It? It, dude, the first Ghost Rider was a huge hit. No way, really. And that's when I that's when I first realized that he had this weird power. He because he'd gone to see the Sixth Sense, and at the time, I didn't realize that he was sort of the flashpoint for that. Just one weekend, my brother says, "Hey, did you see the Sixth Sense?" I hadn't heard of it yet, and I thought, "Huh, weird." All of a sudden, it's a worldwide phenomenon. I file that away in the back of my mind. Then he's like, "Hey, I'm going to see Ghost Rider this weekend." I thought, God, he he goes to see the worst movies. Huge, huge hit. And if you were to follow my brother around to watch, he's every man. He is the, he represents every man at the box office. Hmm. And um, if he goes to see it, it will be a hit. And if people could, if we could take him to fucking Vegas, we'd make money off him somehow. They got to, <laughs> they got to be betting on it. Right. It doesn't. It doesn't even have to be a. It doesn't have to be a big Marvel movie. It's just whatever occurs to him. And I think it's because he's being targeted in a way that I've stopped paying attention to. Maybe. Mm-hmm. And I'm not even bragging about it. I'm saying that I've I've lost touch. Yeah, I've lost. Touch. I'm not sure I ever had touch to be honest. Uh, I mean, <laughs> I feel like you and I have talked about this with the stuff that we write, where we both feel like we're kind of stuck in this in between world, where we can't like double down on the weird pretentious shit and kind of appeal to the artsy people. But we're way, way, way too far into the artsy pretentious world to like appeal to regular readers. And Mm -hmm. so we're just, we're kind of stuck. Like we, we, but but I do, I think I can still recognize a good movie. And I think that I, little things like where was the run the jewels song? Yeah. Why, why was that song not in it? Maybe because the, the trailer comes out after the movie's, you know, in the can or whatever, I guess. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you go back in and you can film, if you can change out actors like they did with, uh, what was it, Kevin Spacey or one of these guys, they went back and put a whole new actor in. Uh, you can't go and put the I just always thought the- that that would have been hilarious if it, like, came out right after they did that, that Christopher Plummer fucked kids, too. You're just like, <laughs> God damn it. God damn it. I know. Exactly. So why can't you go in and put the Run the Jewels song? And it was it was so good in the trailer. That that kind of shit. Like I, there's just little things, little, like making them fight in the sunshine. Take the fucking helmets off. I'm, I know I'm. I admitted earlier that I I'm I'm like a child. I need a face to connect to. Mm-hmm. Give me their faces when they're fighting with their faces covered. And then they, you know that they knew it. You knew that at some point while they're watching it, they probably had the same reaction. Some poor test audience, maybe they wrote on the card, can I see more of their faces? So then you've got, they've, they've shoehorned it in where their, their face, little, their little face, uh, how is it even happening? Like it just paints over I their face when they need know, them, man, this movie, it's so this stupid. It sucks balls. Like we can, we, we, we we're, we're about a half an hour in, <laughs> but you know what I mean? When like it needs, Every time they thought, well, let's show the face real quick. And then it goes, zoop, and the face pops up. And they're like, okay, now they got to fight. But we can't afford that. So zoop, now it's, like, it's the uh, fucking They made basket. one of them purple and one of them was orange. Uh, that was how they did it. And it's just like, okay, let's strip it of all humanity. Let's make them two computer-generated objects clashing against each other. And you know what? It's fine. You know, it's I, I'm, I'm getting depressed. I would, I would like – Can I ask you – Go ahead. But 
I, I have actual questions though. Okay. You were, I, when I asked you about his powers, right? Right. Um, you said we don't know he's fast and he's, but he's, he he seems to have the same powers when he fights, except maybe the claws that sort of do something. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. What? Um, let me ask you this. What happened on those fucking train tracks? Because I I think I need uh, somebody with a I need Doc, Doc Brown from Back to the Future with a blackboard mm-hmm. and a fucking slide rule to explain to me. What went down with that train? Yeah. It was turn it was turning their suits off. What the fuck was happening there? Okay, so I actually I think I do know the answer to this one. So well, fuck, fuck you for knowing the answer to that. <laughs> so basically the Are trains you? the trains run on vibranium, but vibranium is too volatile oh, in large geez. doses. So right, basically how can you say these words? They have how to, are you they saying to, these things? They have to control the vibranium or it'll explode or something. So their suits are made of vibranium. So when the train tracks come on, it makes their suits not work. I've never been so ashamed of you, dude, that you knew that. <laughs> I'm not I'm not sure how I got that either. Normally I just because you paid attention to them because you're not because you have an attention span. I couldn't pay attention to it. Even though I knew they were setting me up, she, the girl, uh, the, the, uh, Q, her, you know, his, his mm-hmm. gadget maker, mm-hmm. she's like, Oh, by the way, here's this thing that you're going to need to know about later. And I thought I should really be writing that down. Cause she just explained how those trains work. You know, it's coming back. Right. And when it came back, I thought, fuck, I didn't take any notes. It would have been, have... been funnier if it made their suits malfunction and they just like started hugging, like they're trying to fight, <laughs> but then it just, just like makes them start like rubbing up against each other or they're like connected so the, at the butt or something. That would have been a, so, a slapstick genius move. Here's another question for the nerds out there who are, who are probably going to send us hate mail. Mm-hmm. I thought this vibranium, this unobtainium, I thought it was a, a fucking metal. So why is it? It's, it's some sort of nanotechnology. I don't understand. So the suit, I, I assumed this is how dumb I was. I thought it was kind of like those, those uh, um, bulletproof vests with the with the layer of metal in them, like mm-hmm. the super. I thought, oh, so the, he's wearing a suit that has a really thin layer of metal in it. But but now it's it's like you said, it's fucking Tony Stark shit. You know, it's got got bloops and bleeps and little lights and like I hate that shit. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's like it's kind of like they just established the rules of what the thing does, and then they're like because vibranium and the absolutely just dumb as dog shit audiences are just <laughs> so what so okay here nerd question number 12 so captain america's shield is is that metal right captain america's shield is made it's by it's by, can you google it <laughs> that's that sh- that's the shit right because doesn't doesn't uh it's like an it's the indestructible metal, but in the Marvel universe, and uh, I, I can. I or is can, that this? Do you actually care? Because I can look it up. Just yeah, if you can go, hold uh, on, I'm looking at it right now. Captain, no, I got it. This, we're going. We're, is this is the uh, the work America's we're doing for the audience right now. Made out of. We're going the there's extra like, mile. There's like at least five people screaming. No, it's either it's, it's unobtainium, adamantium. it is a vibranium wait. steel alloy. Wait a minute, dude. Wait a minute. So does that mean you can you can turn off his shield? Oh shit, you could. If what he the if he was fuck? on if he was on if he was on those train tracks, that shield <laughs> would be dog shit. What would it do? What is it? It just starts turning into a bunch of stupid shapes like balloon animals. It's like whoop, whoop, whoop. 
It's like, oh, what? fish sticks. Um, yeah. So wait, to fit to to rationalize why they had a fight in the hard drive in the fucking murk of nothing, to to disguise their shitty effects, they had to invent this eleventh hour explanation, which now fucks up that dude's shield. Actually, you can actually turn off Captain America's shield. You can turn it off. Because of this movie, right? right this is right, yeah. this, this is a new thing, right? That's that's the rule. That's the rule. It would become just a steel, I guess, just a steel. But that's not going to stop bullets the way that it does. So all you have to do is, you have to have somebody as smart as Black Panther's sister wave that wave that battery in front of it. I don't know. Yep. I'm so I'm so ashamed of myself for even asking these questions. Hey, it's all right, man. Okay. Well, if yeah. it's a if, it, if that's all right, I have five more. <laughs> <laughs> All right, go for it. Um, what, uh, no, I think that was about it. The, I, I guess I, here's my other question. Okay. There's a lot of people celebrating the, um, the women warriors in this movie okay. who seem on the surface to be pretty badass, mm-hmm. but I feel like it was a, uh, they 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 should have done a show don't tell because they told me she was the best warrior in the land. Right. I don't recall her doing anything. I think I th- they had that weird distancing themselves from fights by having virtual reality cars and planes. You know what I'm talking about? Like mm. people sitting in cockpits in different places. I don't remember if she was doing that, but I no, just she remember was there. she was fighting in the casino. Okay, yeah, she was. That was cool. Casino fight was cool, but. The stakes of what can destroy um, these vibranium cars made no sense to me. So they're they're in cars and, sh- and they're shooting bullets at it, right? And they're like, mm-hmm. "Don't worry, they're vibranium. These cars are indestructible." Then uh, fucking Diane Ward shoots it with his gun- handgun or his gun hand, <laughs> whatever, and it and it and it explodes into Legos. So because his arm what? thing was made of vibranium. Dave, the movie doesn't make any goddamn it's, sense. It's, all, it's almost like they the the shit only works when it needs to work in the moment. It's almost like nobody fucking thought this. It's shit like through. Dragon Ball Z when you have these characters who become more powerful than the sun, and then something comes <laughs> in that's even more powerful than what's more powerful than the sun, and then they have to power up again. It there's no there's no rhyme or reason to it. It just has to be a power that is then replaced by another power. So okay, so you yeah. so you did correct me there a little bit with the. Michonne from Walking Dead, she did have some badass fighting in the casino. Because yeah. I, when it was over, she was uh, she made some joke uh, staring down the rhino, mm-hmm. and I thought you're not you're not going to fight this rhino. I thought you were the greatest warrior in the land. Even Black Panther's like you're tougher than me, and we didn't get to see that really. I really would have liked to have seen that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess I saw it in the casino, but I was I was too busy following around my man crush. The one-armed white guy in the movie, in the movie full of beautiful black people, and I'm like, can I get some more of that gnarly little white guy without the arm? <laughs> well, I think in the comic book too. I think that's actually the main villain of the entire Black Panther universe, and he just kind of really? got murked. So uh, yeah, you know? that's a, that was that actually had an impact though. That his execution was, uh, I think, one of the most effective moments of the movie. Yeah, me too. And not, just because I was writing a fan letter to him, but because because it, it seemed real, right? That moment right. seemed like a like a real death. Yeah, yeah. No, no, I know, I know what you mean. Yeah, all that was. I mean, in that, I mean, it falls under the Killmonger stuff again. Like all that's good. 
It's a movie with great villains. and But, you know, the, the, the guy who plays Black Panther was in this movie, uh, Message from the King, where he's a guy from uh, West Africa who comes to America to find his sister who has disappeared. And, you know, he beats up people mm-hmm. with a bicycle chain and stuff like that. It's the same same actor, Chadwick Boseman. And he wasn't very convincing in that movie either. So this is a guy who, to my mind, is kind of... He's very handsome, but he doesn't have any charisma, and he's he somehow just oh, yeah. keeps getting these roles where he's just he's he is not the kind of because you know you have like a Robert Downey Jr. who you just like looking at that guy and like listening to him yeah, talk, yeah. and then you get uh, Chadwick no, Boseman, gotta... and he's just kind of standing there like nothing, just a blank, just a blank slate, you know. No, that's a good point. I hadn't even thought about that, but you're absolutely right. His. Uh... His lack of charisma is all the more apparent, not just with gnarly little white dude, but with the fucking villain with uh, the uh, what's his name? Um, Michael B. Yeah, Michael, Michael B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan's got that thing. Mm-hmm. You know, he's got you look at that guy and you want to watch him in every moment. His for his introduction had a, a, a line in it that was such a throwaway. But um, I, I got a little chill from it. It was so sweet. He's looking at the he gets the weapon out. The plot is furthered. Right. OK, whatever. Then he's looking at a mask and they're like, oh, is that got vibranium in it, too? Or is that important? He's like, nah, just feeling it. Yeah. And then, and, then later, and then later he's got it on. That's a fucking character. And the other guy does doesn't even have a single second in that movie that is feels as real as that. Right. And he's, uh, you know, he's avenging his dad and he's, you know, hundreds of years of history. Fuck all that shit. Right. You need a moment, moment of connection on a, on a real level where somebody's like, I want to wear that because it's going to make me look scary. And I, I'm totally on board with that. Yeah. And it's and, and like Black Panther doesn't have that. It's he's just he's he's bad at talking to his would be girlfriend. He. <laughs> I can't. You can't remember a single line that the Black Panther nope. says in that movie. Not no, a single not a, line. There's not very, one quotable yeah. line that he says. Tell me a line that he says, and then you know. Um. Does Does the suit cover my dick? Did he say? <laughs> he didn't say that. I said that. Yeah. Yeah. I said that to, said say, that to myself. I gotta take. A, I gotta take a piss, oh. and when we come, when I come back, can we please talk about the Florida Project instead of Black Panthers? <laughs> yes, but when you come back, when you come back, I'm gonna fix Black Panther. I'm gonna fix it. Should we save that for the end, or do you want to just do it? What like do you, right whatever after? you want to do. Only a fool would try to fix a movie that's made eight hundred million dollars already. <laughs> but I'm gonna fix it. I had the computer on the. I was sitting in the bathroom. <laughs> that was a, well, I, I took it. In with, that was. I was. That was a lot of piss. I. I was afraid I wouldn't stop pissing. Yeah. Yeah. I'm is taking. That what, I'm taking is that these what it's new... like? I'm taking these new vitamins uh, that are, it's like Optimen or something. It's got a whole bunch of shit in it because I mostly just eat protein all day. So I figured I need like vitamins and stuff. Um, Is that what it's like? Is that what the Black Panthers feels like? Like, I I imagine he pisses and shits a lot. That's a lot of, a lot of health food. (laughs) I can never stop pissing. Never. I eat eat nothing but leaves. What if he takes one of those little healing balls and just puts it up his dick hole? It's just like, this will stop. (laughs) You you try an all leaf diet and see how you feel. Somebody's like, oh man, I got really bad diarrhea today, and he's like, I got just a thing for that. And they're like, nope, 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 it's okay, it's okay, diarrhea is fine. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, like, I guess my closing thoughts about Black Panther, and then I never want to talk about this movie ever again, is that good for this movie. Number one, good, fine. Number two, bad movie. 
Real bad movie. Number three. Yeah. Uh, it makes me want to jump off of a cliff because it is 100% um, just in line with everything that's kind of wrong with movies and capitalism in general. And they found a way to twist it so that people are okay with it again. It's like every time people start getting a little bit mad at capitalism, they find a loophole. Exactly. And they find a way for us to be totally cool. And this, the repercussions of this will last at least another decade. We'll, We'll need another decade. Things will have to get worse. The environment will have to get even worse. And we'll end up with something twice as bad as Trump. And then we'll be, you know, back in the dumps again and thinking like, hmm, maybe things need to change. And then they'll be like, uh, what about transgender panther? And we're like, oh, okay, good, good, good. You've, you've, you've satisfied what I want out of this system. So it's, you know. I would, what's that? I would much rather watch transgender. I'd, I'd rather watch transgender panther. Yeah. Um, I'm going to try to turn that smile upside down. with My, my closing thoughts on Black Panther. Um, oh, is it, you know, we, we're trying to. We're trying to brand this fucking podcast. Is it an almost good movie? Is it or is it doesn't even come? It's not even almost almost good. Um, no, I'd say it was a bad movie. I'd say it's pretty bad. It's. I think it's bad too. I think that it gets close to being almost good because of. Um, I think people were ready for a. Uh, they were eager for something that wasn't a jokey Marvel movie. I think they got joked out because the Thor, the last Thor one, was pretty hilarious. It was, but I think. But I think it started to like people felt like uh, stop quipping, you know, quip, quip, quip. Mm-hmm. And so so they were ready for whatever serious Marvel movie popped up. And so that combined with its with with the, the old chirotic moment. Right. It's it's perfectly situated in time um, because of the of the content. But also, I think people are ready for something serious. And even though it's bad, it's still. It's still doing all the things that remind us of what a good serious movie does, you know, like with these, I don't know what it, it, so I think that that helped it even more and that makes it close to being, um, a a different, uh, a different direction. I don't know, but I don't actually, I'm not even, I'm not even committed to that. I, I think, uh, my closing thought is it had some really cool shots that reminded me of cat people, of panthers sitting sitting in trees. Yeah. And um, I'm going to stick to that memory. Yeah. Yeah. It's probably for the best, which moves us on. It can be an almost good podcast um, because in the case of this episode, we're talking about a movie that I felt. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes. Okay, cool. So we're talking about a movie like, that we thought was really, really bad. But then I think that the Florida project was really, really good. Oh, so it evens out. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So we kind of, we kind of hit that, that mark. Um, did it. So yeah, you just saw it, dude. I I watched it and I I couldn't wait to hear. I I purposely made sure I didn't talk to you until now. How about the Florida project? Dude, that was one of the most amazing movies I've seen in a very, very long time. I mean, Sean Baker is this just incredible filmmaker. I don't. I'm assuming that all those uh, set pieces that he found, you know, the, the the pawn shop with the wizard head and the you know the purple uh, hotel that these people live in, I'm assuming those are all like very very different places in Orlando. But he made it uh-huh. all seem like this just incredibly. And I, I actually I used to live in Orlando, and he really kind of captured that 
super well. I think just visually right. the movie is is fantastic. But how about like the 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 woman who plays the mom? I cannot remember her name, but she just she fucking killed it. That was that yeah, was incredible. She, she was great. I think that she got robbed as far as getting nominated. I, like I was saying to somebody earlier, Willem Dafoe got nominated, and that's great because at least it got this on the radar of people that wouldn't have seen it. Mm-hmm. It's part of it's part of our Oscar movie, you know, lead up because it it just barely got onto the, their radar by having him nominated. But he, but it should have been best cinematography. It, sh- it should have been best picture. It should have been her as best actress, because that's somebody actually playing a part. Willem Dafoe is is one of those feel good parts. Mm-hmm. But like I was saying earlier, I don't necessarily want to feel good. Mm-hmm. And if that, she was so good at that, that when they come spoiler alert, when they come to take her kid away, mm-hmm. um, take a kid away from her, who's prostituting herself. And is clearly a dead end person. I was conflicted. Like I'm yeah. thinking is the, is the girl better off? And that means they did their job, dude. That means I had so much empathy for, what by all accounts should be a piece of shit, right? Mm-hmm. But you're you're like, do not take that child from a mother. I don't care if she goes to live with a perfect family. That child has made a life in that hotel room mm-hmm. on the other side on the other side of the moat right. of of the Magic Kingdom, an amazing place. Yeah, and uh, that's some that's some hard work that they did for me to to feel that way because the mother doesn't do anything to really, it doesn't, she doesn't purposefully do anything to get our sympathy. She just is, she mm-hmm. just is a real, a real person. Right. Right. And I, yeah, and that's what they did so well too, is that there is literally, I've never seen a performance where she is given no redeeming qualities whatsoever. Like there's never a scene, like there's a couple of scenes of her hanging out with her kid, but even when she's hanging out with the kid, you know, she's like just acting trashy, you know, and it's, it's kind of yeah, hard. Although to, I, I thought, I, I thought that was kind of a feel good moment when she showed that she could pay for a giant breakfast and kind of stuck it to her friend, mm-hmm. like ordered everything on the menu. I, but I know that was supposed to make people think, man, you're being a jerk to your only friend. But I, I, I did feel like when, when somebody is told that they're a piece of shit for so long and they've lived in the periphery and they've had to scrounge, that to go in there and waste all that money on that food and then and then she throws it in the street, that was I think that was her high point for me. Like Yeah, yeah. And that's what the Florida Project does. And that's what Baker did, I think, with Tangerine also, is that he's making these movies about people who you see every single day but we don't really understand. And he's not like, he's not flinching. He's not giving us a, well, actually I think maybe the, his way in was through the kid characters. Right. I think that the fact that you're able to kind of like hang out with them and you through, through all the shit that the mom does, the child is never actually unhappy. Right. Until the very end. And that might be the trick that the movie pulls, you know, is that even though this mother is, is a complete piece of shit. Well, I hesitate to say that because again, it's it's one of those things where she's a real person. She's a real we're all, person, exactly. We're, we're all we're pieces of shit. You know what I right, mean? Right, right. And so here we got to see a real person. And uh, this, I know we didn't want to talk about it ever again, but imagine for a minute, imagine for a minute, one of those beautiful widescreen shots of that hotel, yeah, in the parking lot, and then Black Panther walks through it. Yeah, yeah. How fucking you know what I'm saying? Like right. that's that's kid stuff. Yeah. What do, do people even recognize what's not kid stuff anymore? Mm-hmm. That's fucking kid stuff. And we're talking about a movie about a little girl who wants to go to fucking Disneyland. And what I'm saying is that is that's the real stuff. 
Mm-hmm. And the the movie about, you know, the end of the world and all these high stakes moments of men being men, that's baby shit. Yeah, that's totally. baby shit. Dude. Well, there, there's some moments in there, too. There's a scene early on where Willem Dafoe is on the he's he's on the top floor of the hotel and the sun's going down and all the lights right. turn on in the hotel. And there's just shots like that over and over and over again where you're like, son of a bitch, you know? Or when the, the little girls are sitting on that downed um, that downed tree, the tree that fell over. Oh, dude, uh, that's an amazing part. That's an amazing part of the movie. Cause, yeah, because she says, remember- I mean, that's that's kind of the motto of the film. She's like, this is my favorite tree because it fell over, but it continue, but it keeps growing, you know? I know. Yeah. That's, it was so good. When she said that line, that's when usually those lines happen in a movie. And then I start to nudge Amy and give her like little gentle kicks with my heel at the mm-hmm. other end of the couch. Mm-hmm. Like, like, get it. They're still growing. Get right, it. Right. Get it. They're still growing. She's like, Stop, it, right. it was just such a, it was, it, it, and, it, and it totally, it totally kind of uh, tipped over the line from, from real to hyper real. I, the film that it reminded me of the most was one that I saw a few years ago called American Honey. Did you ever watch that one? Wait, yeah, yeah. And it's, I mean, that's another, you know, kind of like these sort of white trashy kids, you know, making a road trip. Well, that's, and... yeah, that's my, that's, sorry, I, that's the question I wanted, I don't want to forget to ask you. Mm-hmm. So, is, we, we had Black Pander, yeah. so that one, yeah, that clearly, that clearly panders, so it's pander versus condescension. Is this movie condescending? Is it condescending towards, like, white trash towards yeah drug drug addicts would i don't know i I, no. I was a little conflicted i don't know no no i'd have to i would have to say no and the reason why is because it is so unflinching you know they never they never give you time to to really develop a kind of sympathy or that you know oh this woman is just cuz the the mother has no backstory we we don't know why she is where she is and that's normally where they start to condescend to you where they're like oh you know she's had a tough upbringing her right was right like right they never give you that and anytime the mother is close to um some bit of humanity where she's like being nice to somebody somebody will cross her with just a word and she'll immediately turn that shit on i got the impression cuz she had that uh, new york yankees tattoo on her hand and she had that weird accent so i got the impression mm-hmm. that she was from new york and that she somehow ended up in this slum hotel there. But they never tell you why that is. And I think that that is what takes it away from being uh, poverty porn in a way. Because you also, the little girl always has food. They have iPhones. Um, mm-hmm. She's she. There are some times where money gets tight. But they're not living in this squalor that people love to imagine that poor people live in. Poor people, for the most part are not eating out of dumpsters. They're, you know, they're just eating Cheetos like like in this movie where they're eating cereal and Cheetos and candy bars and waffles that they get for free because their friend works as a waitress at a waffle place. You know what I mean? It just it felt real right. but not like oh, let's let's revel in the in this like poverty that they're in. Yeah, maybe um maybe that's what it was. Like I start to feel guilty when I see when I start to get really moved by great imagery of squalor yeah and I, it's, I started to notice that in in my movie collection right around the, like the 90s when like a moros a morris peros came out mm-hmm. and uh, i think that cinematographer worked on eight mile mm-hmm. so like eight mile is filmed like detroit is filmed lovingly but it's lovingly as if it's after the quake mm-hmm. right you know what yeah. i mean like how many all these be- beautiful shots of 
putt-putts that are closed down. And I start, I get this warm feeling, you know, I start thinking yeah. that looks like, that looks like East Toledo. Does that mean that I just like looking at people in shitty states? And then I started to, I started to get infatuated with these videos on the internet where you can, on YouTube, they're the coffin apartments in um, these like uh, China, Japan or something. Yeah, yeah. Caught people live in apartments that are as big as a closet. Yeah. And I would watch that and people sitting there with their, their food at their feet and the TV at their feet. And, and it's similar to like these guys when you're on a boat and you kind of live in the, you just live in your bunks. You got a TV Mm -hmm. at the end of your bunk and you got your food on your, on your arm. And that was happening in the Florida project too. And I don't know what my infatuation with that is. And so I guess as, since I'm projecting at all times, I thought, is this movie, is it doing something where it's like, is, isn't it awesome to look at these poor people? And mm-hmm. um, I'm just hoping it's that it's it's just because it, those things are legitimately beautiful. Does that make any sense? Yeah, no, they are. And I think that, yeah, I think it's a, it's a tough, it's kind of a tough distinction to make sometimes because you have, um, well, like you said, the cinematography is just great. So I'm pretty sure that they could shoot the shit out of literally anything that they wanted to like they still they even found a way to make a country club parking lot look interesting so they just they have they have those that eye and um i think that where the line gets drawn is when it goes overboard and becomes look at this fucking freak show which this movie did not do you know the Mm -hmm. mom doesn't get like a fucking heroin addiction it's it's very it actually kind of treats the prostitution, which I was happy with, actually. It treats the prostitution as she's not degraded or upset about it. She just needs money, and that's a way to make money, so she just kind of does it, um, which also leads at the end when the kid's taken away to the feelings of like, oh, but it wasn't even that bad. You know, she was just mm-hmm. – there's that one scene where the guy walks in when she's in the bathtub, and she's kind of like, what the fuck is going on? But that's more about mm-hmm. like youthful confusion and not really about, you know, oh, she's been traumatized by this. So I, I, I think that the way you have your cake and eat it too, so to speak, or we could alternately title that as the way to do this correctly, is yes, have all the visual cues um, and character flaws that make stories about poor people interesting, but don't turn it into some kind of horror freak show cautionary tale, but also mm. don't turn it into a green mile, you know, noble right. savage type things. And I think that this movie really hit that balance pretty much perfectly. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think you're right. I think both ends of that spectrum is where I start to, I start to feel guilty for, for enjoying it. And this one was, it was right down the middle as far as the, it, it when her, her prostitution is, is, is detached. Like it's literally detached. Mm-hmm. There's a, it's a internet version of it. Right. Right. So she's not when when the friend holds up the phone, it's almost like this is this thing that is not really it's not really her. You know, we don't we have enough of a detachment that it doesn't take us down that road of of exploitation like you're talking about. Mm-hmm. So when the movie started, I remember saying to Amy, um, oh, man, if she ends up uh, in the fucking gutter with a needle hanging out of her arm, I'm going to be so disappointed. Yeah. And then when the prostitution started, I thought, oh, you are walking a tightrope. Yeah, <laughs> You're yeah, walking yeah. a tightrope, yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. yeah. Anybody, I, but I think he did walk that tightrope. Yeah, no, I think I think he walked the tightrope well. And I think that, um, again, this role completely depended on this actress. Like, if it, if, if it had been you're, you're right, somebody you're right. even, like, a little bit more famous or recognizable, 
it, it, I don't think it would have worked at all. Also, oh, you're that, absolutely right. That kind of reminds me too of uh, there. There are these fucking there are these two scenes in the movie between Willem Dafoe and his son, where he has his son come to help him around the hotel. Yeah. Those were fucking great too. That was just like, you know, I love process shots, and this movie had it right. all. This movie yeah, had we're... him with a leaf blower that had them <laughs> fucking putting a mattress in, in plastic, taping it up, and taking it all the way to the dumpster. Exactly. Are you kidding yeah. me, dude? That's like catnip for me. I, I can't even help this. I'm like, are they gonna are they gonna take you it love all it. the way? They're gonna take it. All... And then there's a, a fucking like ten minute scene where they're moving an ice machine, and I was like, oh my god. I I was just getting, and they almost didn't. They almost didn't finish it. It was almost like uh, it was like blue balls. They and the, he's like, "Can you just come into the elevator and help me take it down the rest of the way?" And I, I think I heard you like five states away. Go yes. <laughs> and then they get in and they're standing there, and the son's like, "Are you gonna press the button?" He's like, "Oh yeah," and he presses it, and the elevator goes all the way down. And I was like, "Oh god, it's going all the way down." <laughs> But yeah, some great process shots in this in this movie. I'm, I'm losing you. Oh, now, hello. Oh, can you hear me? Yep, yep. Hello, hello. hello. Oh, I hello. can hear you. I can. Yeah, yeah. So that yeah, the, those moments are fucking amazing, dude. And um, yeah. I mean, I just I see all this celebration of uh, of the look of Black Panther and the 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 Afrofuturism mm-hmm. talk. And I so I went in there jazzed to see it, but all I kind of saw was Star Trek with some graffiti on it. Right. You know what I mean? Whereas, but there's, and there's graffiti in Florida project, but it's a whole, it's, you never doubt it's, it does all that. It does like triple duty, right? It's symbolic. It's Mm -hmm. real. And it's, Mm -hmm. but it's also, and it's also beautiful. Like, yeah. How, how is he do, how is he doing that? So effortless. Like you said, he just happened to find this amazing city in the gutter. That's interesting to look at as Disney world. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. the kids I view shit was, was so great. Yeah. So good. All the kid- and you know one other thing that I think is important about um how they managed to portray these people cuz for those of you who have not seen this movie, uh, first of all I'm sorry because we spoiled a lot of it, but um this is a movie with, you know, very it's I'll just call it white trash, it's fine. You know, all apologies, but it's it's white trash people. They managed to go the entire runtime of the movie. And there is not a single N-word in this movie at all. Like, they didn't use that as a crutch. Nobody uses the N-word, which I thought was interesting. Yeah. I, um, I Well, I guess it's safe to say it's it's a pretty white movie. I, I don't think there was a single person of color in the entire film. No, there, were, film, no, there, so. was, the, there was the grandma, and there was the guy who worked at the motel. Oh, oh okay. Was, uh, yeah, I was... I was just thinking like African Americans. You but, talking about uh, No, no, no. I'm I'm saying like, you know, like the easy way when you have I mean, an American Honey did this a lot, which is when you have a young white right. trashy people, they say the N-word with the A at the end, you know, and it's kind of supposed right, to right, symbolize right. like that 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 word is nowhere to be found in the Florida project, and that to me is not me praising, you know, the censorship of a word, but I think that I think that people are starting to, I think Sean Baker seems to me like a really smart guy. I think people are starting to catch on that that's kind of becoming a shorthand for this is what this type of person is, and they never go down that road ever. Right. Which I thought was yeah. No, I I don't I can't think of a wrong a wrong step. I don't think it takes a single wrong. Mo- oh wait, I I thought of one wrong move. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. And this this is going to be really nitpicky, but pick them nits. Uh, let me just try to. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick this knit right now. I'm like the chimp. I'm on your back and I'm just digging that one knit, that one little knit off your back. Knit. Get that little knit. knit, and I'm 
and I'm going to eat it. Because here's the question. The opening of that movie, I was baffled just for a couple seconds. There's a thing that there's a phrase that we have around our house call, called uh, being staffed. Okay. And when you're when you're staffed, um, how can I explain this? Being staffed is when you let's you go to a store, you go to buy something, and when an an employee answers a question using a job specific kind of lingo, mm-hmm. or like or like a context lacking bit of information. Okay. And and they do it in a way that's infuriating because they're doing they're used to speaking this lingo, right? They're used to talking this way all day, and here you come with a normal question, and you get staffed. Basically, uh, maybe let me give an example. Like um. We uh, we went to buy um, we went to buy some chairs for our kitchen and we wanted to get they have these chairs in these different colors and we were dead set on getting a different color for each chair. Okay. So we go into this we go into this place and we see all the chairs but it's missing the one color. So we, very simple question we say to the woman, "Hey, uh, is that all the chairs you have?" <laughs> simple simple answer would be yes or no, right? Right. Instead, she pulls out a handheld device and she says, well, there are six in inventory. And we're like, uh, okay, does that mean they're in the store? And she's like, well, no, there's six in inventory. And me and, me and Amy were so used to being staffed that we're like, uh, she's staffing the shit out of us. Like, just give us an answer. Right. You know we want the chair, right. but you're used, you just want to tell us about your job. Yeah. So what, what happens in – that's probably overstating it a bit – but what happens at the beginning of Florida Project is we get staffed and there's an opening. The opening scene has children using their their uh, like uh, names and talking about something that's going on. But they but it's we have no context. Mm-hmm. So it took like a good an extra five minutes for me to get into it. So the opening scene is I'm going like Mooney, Scooty. Mm-hmm. And then the kids are going, what? Mooney, Scooty. So at this point, I'm already baffled. Like, who the fuck are they? T- are these the names? Right, right. And then the kid, and then the kid finally delivers the, the solves it for us and says, "Freshies at the future." Mm. What the fuck does that mean? Right, what does that mean? Right, right. I, and I know, I know, I'm overstating a bit, but there's there's something about movies that open with what I call being staffed. Like you know what's happening because you've made the movie, mm-hmm. but lead, but gently lead me into it and give me some context clues. And I mean, the opposite end would be what I don't want, which is exposition to open a movie like Black Panther opens uh, what in outer space with an explanation of the mythology of the <laughs> fuck that. I don't want right. that. Right. But I want to be in the I want to be in the moment. And mm-hmm. um, if I could change one thing about the Florida Project, it would be to open it in a, in a way that I am maybe open it with them. I don't know. I, Wait a second. Are I we no are we I, I, are we going I into no a. Script doctor. Script doctor. You want a script doctor? Okay, okay. You want a script doctor? I think we should script doctor Black Panther. All right, let's go. Let's do this. I'm gonna script doctor Black Panther, and you're gonna when I say when I tell you how to fix this movie, um, and this again, this is 100% me begging for a job in Hollywood. You're gonna hear me. You're gonna hear me fix Black Panther, and you say, "Holy shit, dude! Holy yeah. shit!" Okay, ready? All right. Okay, so Black Panther has a fucking problem, right? At the, at the end of that movie has a horrible, horrible ending. You got three different battles. They Suddenly they thought they were Lord of the Rings, right? You've got uh, rhinos coming in. You've got uh, cut to the 
fight at the bottom of the the train tracks. Uh, cut to an aerial dogfight with the with the what's his name? Oh, uh, literally yeah, a hobbit. Yeah, the the, the, yeah, worth, the yeah, literally guy. Lord of the Rings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The worthless CIA guy is up there, and he's in a dogfight, and they're like, "That's not annoying enough, so let's put him in a let's put him in a simulator." So they've made the ending. Let's make the stakes sim- even fucking lower. <laughs> yeah, he's in a simulator. So you've got these you got these three things being. Let's just cr- watch and- people play fucking video games in movies. From <laughs> I, now know, on. I know. I know. Sorry, go ahead. So you're just wondering what... Yeah, no, exactly. It's it's frustrating and it's a shitty ending. Now, as I probably established earlier, I have a bit of a crush on the one-armed white guy. Yeah. So do you remember when uh, uh, fucking uh, Killmonger rolls up, dragging him, dragging him like Will Smith, dragging the A? He's like, hey, I got a present for you guys. And he's got the one-armed white guy dead, right? Mm-hmm. Way in. In my script doctoring, I have a, I will eliminate the other white guy completely. He is now not even part of this fucking movie. And instead, when he drags that guy in, they bring him in and they're like, wait a minute, he's still alive. They put him on the table. They put him on the table and they pull a bullet out of him. And that guy wakes up and he's like, you've saved my life. And he starts to help them a little bit. You've eliminated that superfluous character in the fucking simulator, and now you've got a guy who's conflicted, right? right? And right. That, and you've the one white guy is is all you needed. You didn't need two. The one white guy is now he's the broken white boy. Remember, she's like, "Here we are fixing broken white boys again," which I guess was a reference to the Bucky character, some stupid shit from another movie. Mm-hmm. Instead, what you've got is you fix fix that one arm guy, and then the one arm guy helps in that final battle, and he maybe he fucks it up. I don't know. It doesn't matter. But you've eliminated the the simulator moment. You've eliminated the CIA guy. You've eliminated all that shit, and instead you've reduced this movie to characters we already know very well, right? Very well, and that that is how I'd fix the ending. That guy is. Yeah, I'm 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 pretty I'm pretty okay with that. I I do think I do oh, think oh, that I thought I thought I hit it out of the park. Yeah, I mean I think that I think that your crush is showing a little bit. I think that uh, <laughs> you want a little bit more of that uh, you know that ninja. Okay, so here's my script doctoring. That guy dies, but then the, instead of the CIA agent, we meet two more South Africans played by Ninja and Yolandi Visser. And they're like, okay. what, what, what's the deal here, man? We've just found Wakanda is fucking crazy. Like, and then and then Chappie is with them also. Like, Chappie follows along. <laughs> okay, okay. Point, point taken. And it might be, you know how in, in that movie they, they roll their lip down and they showed, uh, they had their little Wakanda oh, tattoo? Yeah, yeah. I might have that little one-armed guy. I might have him down in the, and <laughs> tattooed on the bottom of my lip because he is a wonderful character. And... That was kind of a blade knockoff, though, wasn't it? The it was, yeah. No, it is the totally. lip, the lip, the lip tattoo. Yeah, and also, can we talk like actually just just really, really That's briefly? A pretty bold move. Now, come to just really briefly. Can sorry, we... I, just, I just it had it hadn't occurred it hadn't occurred to me that that was a blade. Thing. Go ahead, keep going. Oh yeah, I just want to say that uh, Chappie might be one of the best almost good movies of all time. Just throwing that, that is out there. such an almost good movie. That guy makes the best almost good movies. Mm-hmm. Neil Blum, Neil Blum Kemp. I don't I don't understand why people turned on Chappie either. I, I'm a friend no, of mine dude, was Chappie like, was so wait, much fun, man. So a friend of mine, he's like, hey, I'm with you. But then you've got that that band is wearing their own shirts and listening to their own music. That like that was the that that is a bridge too far for you. 
and Chappie, they're teaching the fucking robot how to love, but you can't. But they can't postmodern that shit up a little bit. Right. They exactly. can't go meta on you with this with this band. Anyway, it's weird. That's a different. Want. That's a different podcast. We had some weird connectivity issues this episode, but I think that that will wrap it up. Unless you had something else. No, no. I uh, next time we're going to talk about Annihilation. You got to go see. And uh, if you, I kind of like, I kind of like assigning you movies. I don't know if that, do, do mm-hmm. you feel like, do you feel ex- exploited? No, actually, I think you, you should watch I wanna, now that it's. I want, I want to say something real quick actually is that um, watching the Florida project. Um, I like being assigned movies because I won't watch them of my own volition. So if I feel like it's for an assignment, <laughs> I'll actually so sit thought, through the whole thing. Thought, let's, let's start a, let's start a podcast about movies. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Good yeah, idea. Exactly. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I actually like, I, but I think it's a good dynamic because you're kind of like the big movie guy and I don't really like movies. And so, Hey, it's, it's like a, it's like, a, it's a, it's I don't a dynamic. like, I'm getting to the point where I don't like movies because I can't stand to go see them in the, in the theaters anymore, right. but you don't, you don't have as much of an issue with that as I do. Do you have any theater? Uh, that's what we didn't do today is I want to call it gremlins corner. You know how in the movie gremlins, they're all watching, all watching snow white and the trash in the place. Right. I think we're at that point where that's what movie goers are like. They are like gremlins watching snow white and people, people are noisy fucking monsters. So we'll call it Grum- Grumlin's Corner. Do you have any incidents when you went to see movies recently that you can share with us? Um, good question. Um, recently, no. No, because I just watched The Florida Project. And I mean, and we've already talked about Black Panther. Uh, or did we on the last podcast? Well, I saw it with a bunch of black people. So the point is, it was it was noisy. Um, which is fine. <laughs> which is fine. I don't want to call I'm not gonna call them gremlins, dude. I was. <laughs> yeah, uh, uh, Dave, we might want to pick a different theater. There's a there's a lot of gremlins in this one, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> no, no, we were doing so well. We were doing so well, dude. Uh, no, I, I I had some fucking gremlins when I went to see Annihilation. Yeah. A theater. I had a theater hopper. This dude and his uh, and his date come in. Um, it was about 15 minutes in, so that's your first clue. It's a theater hopper. Uh-huh. They look for, they, they go and sit on the side in the front, which is what a theater hopper would do. Like, don't take a chance of a reserved seating situation. Mm-hmm. But then they reassessed and came up, and sat next to us, mm. and then busted out a full fucking eight course meal and ate it at top volume. And every fucking crunch, every wrapper, every wipe of the finger, I got to hear, and. I'm starting to think that that's the bolder move of, or that's like the, the maybe laying low if you're hopping theaters isn't the way they do it anymore. Because I would think you would lay as low as possible if you were sneaking into a movie. Mm-hmm. Went and bought a meal, so that means between movies they got a full meal and then came into a movie for free. Right. So that maybe that's smart. That's smart because you you got to kill some time. They don't always line up. No way, dude. No, yeah. no, it's it's not it's not smart. It's just it's a complete lack of any kind of. They're, you're saying they're gremlins, is what you're saying. Yeah, they're gremlins. Yeah, they they don't they just they just don't. <laughs> dude, it took me so long to learn this because I I grew up in a military family, okay, and you know my dad was always very much like you know we have to be here at this time and we have to make sure that we're doing this and that we're not 
you know, disturbing other people. And then you suddenly learn as you get older and older that people are not raised that way and that nobody <laughs> gives a shit. Nobody gives a shit. That you live, that you live in a world of gremlins. You're yeah. gizmo. Yeah. And you just want everybody to calm down. And they're just trashing the place. Dude, yeah. I can't go to well, a theater. It's just, it's just, you, just want, you just want people to just sit in a fucking seat and be as quiet as possible for two hours. That's it. Two hours out of a 24-hour day, you know? Like, just you go to this <laughs> one place and you just shut the fuck up and watch the movie. And people can't. Dude, people cannot do it. They just, they can't. They're gremlins. Yeah. They're the gremlins watching Snow White. And so, okay, then maybe I was... I was definitely giving too much credit because I thought that that it was I was going to try that and maybe go get a full meal and because yeah. then you're coming out and you're going back in I I wouldn't risk it but maybe when you're lurking around the bathroom trying to right. and you're trying to stand at the stall and you change fucking hats and you put on a yeah. fucking fake beard maybe yeah. that's maybe that's always been the way. Well, actually, I, I mean the theaters here it would actually be pretty easy to theater hop because they have the concession stand past the ticket counter. So you could hypothetically right, see a right. movie and then go buy a thing of nachos and take your nachos into the next movie and nobody's ch- nobody cares. Nobody's like, That's what they're de- Yeah, that's what they definitely did is they yeah. um it's past it's past the counter. But anyway, so that's the that's the only thing I could share for for Gremlins Corner. I like it. I like it. I'll figure out some good music for it. But yeah, man, I think that's good. I think we got it. It's in the can. All right, I like it.